This extended conversation comes to you from the Hear Me Now podcast. Hi, my name's Scott Acord, and I'm here with a friend. An old friend from a long time ago, uh, Linda Ingram. Yeah, we have known each other since we were kids. Yeah. My mom was uh, really close with your parents. We have been around each other since I was... Uh, kindergarten. Yeah, little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to talk a little bit today about um, family caregiving. I know um, last year we lost Ray, you lost Ray, your your father. Yeah, in 20. In 20, yeah. yeah. It's been a year and a half. Year and a half, wow. Goes quick. It does, yeah. I know, I almost have to think about it, <laughs> how long it's been. And so I know for a while now, you know, I mean, you had to help, I guess, your mom with your father. Yeah, Dad was in a wheelchair for the last, um, I guess it was seven or eight years before he passed. So he went through some surgeries, thought he was going to be able to walk again. But, you know, he was in his 80s, late 80s. So that that didn't work out in, you know, for him like he thought it would. Yeah. And I probably had, hadn't seen him for maybe a year or two before he passed away. I have to say, I didn't, th- you know, didn't. he seemed, you know, outside of being in the chair, he seemed, I thought, pretty healthy. Yeah, he had heart condition, you know, long-term conditions. And other than being in the chair and having a bad heart, um, his mind was with it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. unlike mom, you know, he was trying to take care of her. They didn't want to move out of the house, you know, that he built. And, which I'm back in again. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And, and, I mean, it actually, you know, it worked out okay because I was working while he was in a chair. I just lived down the street so I could come over in the morning, get the breakfast going because he's trying to fry, you know, breakfast in a wheelchair in yeah. a house that's not set up, you know, for that. Right. And, you know, we tried to move things around and set it up as much as possible, but it was still hard for him to do that. And mom, she would, you know, get the urge to make something or something, but it would only make a mess because she couldn't stay on her feet for too long. Um, She prior, well, about the time he was in the wheelchair, she broke her pelvis. So she had a hard time getting up and, you know, getting around. So, and then, you know, I would go to work because I was still working full time um, up yeah. until right before he passed. I actually, they closed my store right before he passed away. Um, and so when he did, I was able just to move into the house with mom because she couldn't stay by herself. And then we were able to sell our house in May and then my husband moved in. We got it situated here so we could all live here. So she didn't have to make any transitions or anything. Yeah. So, and that's what they both wanted, you know, they, you know, dad wanted to stay in his house until he died and, you know, he just had a heart attack. I could see him really going downhill probably three or four months before he went, um, just the attention span and he probably had fluid on his heart. And of course the doctor told him, don't eat salt. He thought if you didn't salt your Whopper, you were fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, um... 
yeah, and I, I know he was worried that, you know, what we were going to do with mom. And fortunately, I lived down the street, but I knew she needed someone here all the time, you know, because not only can she not get around, she has dementia. Yeah, and she, how long has she been fighting dementia? You know, um, I really started noticing after she took that bad fall, um, and I was noticing little things, like she'll say, you know, uh, and actually the year he was in the wheelchair for Thanksgiving, she decided she was going to make Thanksgiving, and this was probably eight years ago, and he called me, He he's I was making some stuff at my house, and I was going to bring it over, he goes, she can't do this. You know, and she kept insisting she could. So I came over and got the turkey put in and basically finished, you know, Thanksgiving dinner here. And she's just like, I got to go sit down. And she had stuff everywhere, you know. And, you know, there's little signs that you see as they go along. Um, she was an avid gardener. Um, and, you know, she liked to be outdoors a lot, but I, I could see her not taking care of things the way she used to and forgetting to pick things up and you know her heart was in it but she just couldn't finish the project so yeah. I have like tons of vanilla pudding in the cabinet because <laughs> she'd have me go to the store and buy this and buy that and uh, then she'd never you know make it of course and yeah. I you know fortunately the whole time I worked when he was in a chair my best friend Mary Beth would come over and help take care of them several days a week. So she would do the shopping for them and, um, you know, get meals prepared for them because I don't know how I would have done it and worked full time. Right. Because you're, you're an only child. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. No... It's just me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes my mom asks me where the other Linda is. <laughs> I'm like, I'd like to know. <laughs> I could use the help. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've got I've got two two older siblings who live near my folks. Yes, yes, and you know, and they will split responsibility. But yes. you know, for you, I mean, you had to know for some time that yeah, I you mean, have to do this. <laughs> and you know, it it you know, it takes several people. Uh, I feel so bad for the people who just, they're an only child or the only person because you can never get away, you know. And even now, Mary Beth comes over, you know, a couple days a week so I can just get out of the house. And she's awesome with mom. I mean, you know, she's she's a researcher. So, you know, it's like, oh, mom's having a hard time getting out of bed. And I would lower the bed down as low as we could go. And, um, you know, so she could get out of it easier, but she still couldn't lift up very well. So she'd research it online and find like this little thing that we slide under there that she can grip a hold of so she can pull herself up because she still walks with a walker. She'll go from, you know, the bed to the toilet and the toilet to her chair in the living room. We moved everything into the living room on the other side of her bedroom. Um, just so everything's close to her and the kitchen's yeah. next to that. So she doesn't have to go very far so I don't have to worry about her falling. And she is a fall risk, so we do have to worry about that. But, yeah, uh, Mary Beth would... Re I've got all sorts of gadgets around here that she would find online to make, you know, things easier. But, yeah, yeah. and my husband, he, uh, he retired. I was still working. So he would take Dad to the doctor 
um, because he was trying to get his hip fixed so he could get out of the wheelchair. So that was multiple, you know, doctor visits. And we'd take them to therapy. Mom and Dad both were going to therapy, trying to get them more mobile, you know. Because, um, yeah. you know, I tell Mom, if you, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. You have to get up and move. You know, even if it's just, you know, 10 or 15 feet, you got to move a little bit every day. So, you know, he would take them to the doctor. So I had lots of really good outside support because... I would probably have lost my mind by now <laughs> if I didn't. Do you have home health care people come? You know, I have had home health care come in. Um, they're wonderful. Um, I've there's two different groups here in St. Louis, and I changed doc or I changed um, her Medicare from one to another. So it was two different health cares, and one of them would bring in somebody to give her a bath because that was always a shower. Um, really hard to do you know um and she was great at it um mary beth just gave her one the other day because she's not able to do that herself and not really able to toilet herself sometimes too but yeah home health care is great they have therapists that come in and you know they'll always perform or or try harder for an outsider (laughs) than they will for you know their own children yeah you know, so, you know, when they come in, it's like, oh, they're here. I have to do this. And, you know, she always tries really hard because she knows she has to move. So, um, yeah, and I, you know, after she, she gets a lot of UTIs. So when that happens, her, you know, when, when your kidneys and your, you know, all oh, that's not working right, your mind gets you know, a little delusional more so than just the dementia. So I always kind of know it's coming, but after it's over, I'd always ask for home health to come in so she could get going again, because that really takes a toll on someone who's 88 years old. Um, And so they would come in, do some physical therapy with her and kind of get her going again. And, you know, after, you know, several weeks, they'd release her and then I was able to kind of take over and, you know, help her move a little bit more. And Mary Beth always comes in and tries to get her moving and fixes her healthy things to eat. We, you know, we try to limit the sugar and the salt and things like that. How often does Mary Beth come by? She'll come by uh, twice a week. Now, when I first moved in, um, we finished off the basement for my husband because mom's not always dressed when she comes out. So I don't want to pay for his therapy bills. (laughs) And so we kind of fixed up the lower level for him. But that entailed moving out. Oh, I think we had like 12 trailer loads full of stuff. My dad was a woodworker, as you well know. As I, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) everybody knows. And uh, so he had like 100 cans of paint and, you know, I took a lot of shelves, things that he had built that he'd never sold that we took down to the antique mall and, you know, to different places to sell. But we had to clear out, you know, he would, instead of throwing a tool away when it broke, he'd buy a new one, but he'd keep the old one thinking he was going to fix it. So we had like yeah. 12 motors <laughs> that we had to get rid of. So she would come every day then um, because I was working on the construction you know, in the basement, and it required my full attention. I couldn't, you know, go back and forth. So, you know, she's, it, it just depends, you know. She, when she, when dad was alive, she'd come about three days a week, and 
then now we're back down to like two days a week. So thank goodness she's retired and she's flexible. I have to ask, now your your father had, for anybody listening, he had a crazy amount of woodworking tools, of just tools. Oh, yeah. That filled, that filled probably half the basement or more or the garage. Well, it was half the basement, part of one two-car garage, and then he built on another workshop that's like a four-car garage that's still full of tools and wood and I haven't even be you know I just tackled this house first and then I'll move on to that in the spring (laughs) it's an ongoing project (laughs) right I mean that for me you know that is that is so iconic of who your father was oh yes that definitely yeah you know I mean we had a quite a bit of stuff that he built for us furniture you know and in that when we were little he built us the attic with two bedrooms and a bath right yeah yeah he not only woodworked he built he did construction he built several houses he designed them too right uh actually the house that we lived in and this house that i'm living in with my mom now he drew the plans for it him and i went out you know looking at display homes and we decided what floor plan we liked mine was a smaller version of this one and he drew all the plans for it, and he submitted them because he was he was an aeronautics engineer, but he knew enough yeah. about construction that he knew how to draw floor plans. And we submitted them, and they okayed it. So yeah, he and he built the lake house. You know, right. he, he helped his his brothers build houses all the time, so he helped them with that. And he built kitchen cabinets for a lot of people and then just you know some of the furniture that he's built is just you know 18th century reproductions that are just priceless and then you know and then just little crazy little things like card holders and <laughs> just whatever whatever struck his fancy at the time and your mom too i mean your mom hey she cut my hair growing up <laughs> yes um, it was funny. I took her to the doctor, and the one the lady took her card, and she goes, "Oh, you're a beautician." I'm like, "How did she know that?" Well, behind her medical card was her beauty license, and I'm like, "Oh yeah. my gosh, we still have that." But I mean, you know, I I used to think about when I think about your parents, I would think that they were like the Martha Stewart and Bob Vila of their generation, because. <laughs> yeah. Between the two of them, they could do oh yeah, mom anything. Was, mom was great at gardening. Um, she uh, um, she quilted and sewed. I mean, most of my cr- clothes growing up were clothes that you know she made, and you know sometimes she'd make us matching outfits for Easter. So by the time I was a teenager, I'm like, no, this ain't gonna happen. I'm not going dressed as like my mom. <laughs> so she taught me how to sew. She's like, well, I don't like yeah. your patterns. She goes, so if you want that, you're going to have to learn how to sew. So she taught me how to sew so I can make... It's a great skill. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I still quilt to this day. So, and make kids for... I make clothes for my grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) But when you get those made, I may have you make me a quilt. Oh, okay. I I, I love anything that's handmade. Yeah, warm and cozy. Yeah, it's just, there's something special. There's, There's love and that goes into that and but you know I mean your parents were I don't think they ever sat still did they no they never sat. they had a a lake house and so we were out there constantly and he built that he drew the plans and built that house as well and uh they had a boat 
you know, until I suck it a few years ago. Oops. <laughs> it had a leak. <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> and we had a big rain. So that was, you know, that was my baby and it went down. But I don't have time for it now, so that's okay. Was it? Did it sink at the dock or did it sink it, in it the was, lake? Yeah, tied to the dock and we got this torrential rain and the sub pump was working until the battery ran out and then it started sinking. So... I, you know, I was on my way home from the lake when they called me and said, you know, it's um, it's underwater. So, you know, it would cost quite a bit to fix it. And I'm like, no, I, I've got too many projects I've got to do yeah. for another day. Yeah. But, yeah, mom, mom, I think she was water skiing up until she was at least 40-something. Yeah. Yeah. So, because we used to water ski together and, you know, finally she just, her legs couldn't get her up anymore, but she was always, you know, very active. So it's hard for her, you know, not to be active now. And how was that for you to, when you, when you see your mom, you know, that's not being active and. Yeah, it's, uh, there's things that we try to do like. Elena, my kids are really helpful too. Daniel used to live across the street, so he'd right. come over and help my dad move something. Of course, that he couldn't move, or you know, just Daniel's grandma's boy. So <laughs> he'd come over and see grandma, and she just light up. She still lights up when he comes in, and um, he would help a lot. And you know, like I said, they didn't want to move, so you know, someone else had to cut the grass and. My dad was used to always doing everything himself. So there was some kids at church that would come over and cut his grass and do some painting and things like that. Well, one of them was really good at woodworking. So he got to mentor him before he passed. And so that made him feel really good to be able to pass on some of those skills to him. With your mom, now she, I know you said she's a fall risk. Could she only fall in the one time and broken her hip, or has she fallen other times? She, no, she's fallen several times. Um, I'd say once or twice a month she'll take a fall, and she, the girl knows how to tuck and roll. I'll tell you what, she, she broke her wrist once when she fell. But, you know, we've put up a lot of safety guards. Like I said, we've moved she used to come all the way back to the library, which was on the other side of the house. This is kind of where her and dad hung out is back here. And so we got her a lift chair. So, you know, we can lift that to help her get out of the chair and moved it closer to her bedroom where her bathroom, she has an ensuite bathroom there. So, you know, we, we made everything. So if she did start to fall, there's something to grab onto. And it's a shorter distance if she's tired. There's a place to sit in case she does get tired. So she doesn't have very far to go to get to places. And we have, she has a wheelchair that we roll her up to the dining room table or the kitchen table with. So she doesn't have to try to get in a chair. Yeah. So, you know, that's when they fall. It's when they're trying to get from one place to the next. And it's not a smooth transition. And it, well, and my dad, he was in the wheelchair, and we had a slat board for him to get out of bed and into the chair by himself, and several things that he can pull on. And, and it's all about trying to make their world safer and easier because you can't be there all the time. Right. And and if you could, it would 
drive you crazy. <laughs> I, I assume you had to like rearrange a lot of the furniture or maybe get your your folks, you know, they had a lot in the house. Yes, yes. I've moved a lot of stuff out. Um, sometimes she notices, sometimes she doesn't. <laughs> you know, she's not real happy about me redoing everything. But, um, yeah, I took most of the furniture because there's like these swivel chairs. And that's dangerous for an old person to try to, you know, if they're tired to try to sit in that swivel chair because it'll swivel out from under them and then they'll fall. So, really, we moved the TV into the living room. There was never a TV there. So, now there's the TV and her chair and just another chair. So, you know, she won't try to sit anywhere else. I moved the sofa out because she'd get in the sofa, which wasn't dangerous. It wouldn't go anywhere. She just couldn't get out of it once she got in it. So, the one chair is a perfect chair because, you know, it has controls and it can lift her and it's the right height. Yeah. And and it's and it's all about finding, you know, those pieces that work for them that they're comfortable in. Yeah. When all this began to happen, I mean, did you just start I know you said Mary Beth does a lot of research or has done some research. I mean, do you is there a place where you can go to that will sort of give you hints on the things that you should or shouldn't be doing? Actually, I'm not a researcher. My husband took care of his aunt and his mother, and his mother had, um, we, we noticed she had dementia way before my mom did. So I went to a lot of those classes, you know, and now the hospitals and everybody, they just offer so much that you can just, there's support groups and there's things on, you know, um, the internet that you can listen to or groups that you can go to to get some help because when it starts happening you think oh you're the only person in the world that this has happened to and what do I do now but there there are a lot of resources out there and um, I read a lot of books there's one good book and I think it's on my shelf back here I think it's called the 36 hour day and um, it's a really good uh, resource so you know what's going to happen and I know my cousins, which is my mom's younger brother, he's going through a lot of things that mom's already gone through. So she'll call me and say, oh, he did this or he did that. And I'll say, you know, you need to make sure that he's using his walker because he's still living alone. And, you know, I'll say, you know, eventually you guys are going to have to move in with him or he's going to have to move in with you. So you, you might as well start building your case now. So... You know, I was able to tell them some things that might happen. And there's people that told me, well, here's what you can expect to happen to you. And you're like, oh, great. (laughs) But when it comes, it's not a shock if you're more prepared for it. I was working full time, so I didn't have a lot of time to spend researching a lot of this stuff. but you you pull from people that have already gone through this. And that's a good resource. Yeah. Did Mary Beth have to take care of Brother Pate? She took care of her father. Um, and, you know, she's just good at that. She should have been a nurse or a doctor. She's just, yeah. you know, like the medication. She always knows the name. She knows what they're for. <laughs> she checks my pill box. When, um, when they started getting their pills mixed up, it became a huge concern because they were on some medications that you can't be getting mixed up. And my dad would decide, well, I don't need this warfarin today. You know, (laughs) 
he would be his own doctor sometimes, which is not a good thing. And then mom just, he's like, well, I come over at night and he'd like, oh, well, your mom didn't take her morning pills. I'm like, dad, you have to stand in front of her and say, here, take these and don't move until she's taken them. You can't just tell her to take them and expect it to happen. You know, this is just where she's at in her life. And, you know, he was used to doing the same thing the same way and, you know, expecting, you know, <laughs> better results. But that didn't happen. So what I there was a pharmacy here in town, and I know CVS and some other ones do it, but they do pill packs. So they would take and they put all their pills for the month, and it was a little paper you tear off because they would forget if they'd taken them yeah. or not. And so, and then he would mix his own. So this was great because I could come over in the morning, tear off the morning ones, say, here, take these, and then come over after work and tear off the evening ones and say, here, take these. I know they were taken. I could tell if they took them on the wrong day or the wrong time. Sometimes there were some mix-ups, but I encourage anybody, even if you don't live with your parents, especially if you don't live with your parents, to use those pill packs. Uh, it costs a little bit more to have them filled at the pharmacy, but that way you don't have to do them, and you know, you know that they're being taken correctly. Because, you know, if you have to call nine one one for something, they're going to want to see the pills that they're taking, right. and the pill packs are great because it's all written at the top, and they know if they've over medicated or you know haven't taken their pills for a while, and that way if you're taking them to the hospital. The hospital knows, you know, what's happened with those pills. So it's super important for something like that. But um, that was probably one of the first things that we started doing that I'm like, oh, okay, this works. <laughs> now what's next? Well, that's good to know because, uh, I mean, just such a handy thing, you know. Yeah. Lord knows if I have to, when, I, when I'm old, I have, I'm forgetful now. I was like, uh, I forget now. I make sure mommy has her pills, but I forget to take mine. You know, at the end of my life, if I'm on a series of medications, I'm going to need pill packs. Yes. Now, I know uh, my husband, he, he was taking care of his aunt because his cousin and his uh, uncle were passed. So he was taking care of his aunt, but she lived up in Chicago. So he started out with a box that's on a timer. So it will only open up on that day and at that time so you know he could actually call her and say did you take your pills or you know so that works too and I don't get the pill packs anymore because I'm here and I can fill them and you know as they get older they you know the doctor's like we'll take them off this or put them on that so you have to change it more um but yeah for someone who's working and you're not sure what your parents are doing that's just a really good thing to you know, ease your mind that you're not going to come home and they're going to be passed out because they're over or under medicated. Right. Yeah. I'll, that's so good to know. Yeah. I know that uh, you know. And again, I'm thankful that Keith and Brenda live near Mom and Jim. And yeah. You know, but, I'm thankful they all moved back here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't get over to see them now. They're all located in one place for you. Exactly, <laughs> you it's, it's much easier, you know. But I mean, you know, Brenda was looking at the the task of, you know, because she and Obi and Mom and Jim were all out in North Carolina, 
you know, and Obi's, what, 13 years older than Brenda? You know, so she was potentially looking at caring for three people on her own. Right. And that's hard. Yeah, that would be a lot. Luckily, you know, they're all in pretty good health. Yeah, everybody's in good health. But that, like, I planned way ahead of time when I built my house down the street. First, it was just so mom could help me with the kids. But I thought, well, later on, I'm an only child, so I'm going to need to live close. So it worked out really good that way. But, yeah, when Brenda said she really didn't want to move, I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> Go where the help is. <laughs> you know, and I'm in, I'm in L.A., so I'm, I'm sort of off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have, I have other responsibilities, which is to call regularly. Call regularly, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's my contribution to their health care. Yeah. So Mom always likes hearing from her baby. <laughs> well... I just want to say thank you. It's, uh, I'm glad, you know, that you're able to take care of Joyce. I, as you know, I've I've told you before just how much your parents meant to me and our family. They were so wonderful to us. So yeah, it was a good time growing up. <laughs> I loved being around your parents. I thought they were so cool. I thought they were like the cool parents. The cool parents. <laughs> well, that's because that's because they weren't telling you no. <laughs> Right, because I didn't live under their roof. Right, yeah. But, you know, they were, you know, Ray was a master woodworker and builder, and Joyce had a great eye for design and could, you know, she was a good cook and she could sew. And, you know, so I was just fascinated by all of that sort of artistic or creative. um, I mean, I can say, and she taught me so much. Both of them did, because... When Dad had his first heart attack, you know, I had my interior design business, and then we were building furniture for one of my customers, and he had a heart attack. So I had to finish, you know, thank goodness he showed me enough of the tools that I knew what to do, because, you know, they would go to these craft shows and stuff, so I was on a regular basis over helping them sand stuff and, you know, stain stuff and cut stuff. So, you know, I I knew quite a bit about the tools. So it was luckily he had taught me enough that I could finish up. And and he he would have chained me to the workshop as his buddy for the, <laughs> the rest of my life. But that was not where my interests lied, you know. Right. When you're laying in bed and you feel like you have a mouthful of walnuts, it's because you sanded walnut wood all day. <laughs> And the taste won't go away. Right. <laughs> but he loved that, you know. Yeah. He he that was his thing. And it it I still go to a hardware store and go down the aisle where the lumber is and I smell the wood and it's just it's that trigger, that memory of him. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't help but go to Home Depot and not think about my dad. Oh, of course. It's kinda like going to a quilt shop and thinking about my mom. <laughs> oh yeah. They're, they're special people. Well, thank you for your time and, and sharing the story about your family. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Anytime. This extended interview was produced as part of a podcast on family caregiving. For more information, please visit our website, hearmenowpodcast.org.